Welcome to Real Faith, the podcast where we explore the intersection between culture, faith and youth work. I'm Stephen and I'll be your host. Each episode, we'll look at a different film or series and discuss it in depth, exploring the themes within it and how we can use it with the young people we work with. We'll cover everything from action to horror, comic book movies to comedies. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Real Faith podcast. Today I am joined by youth pastor Femi Onanuga from Mill Hill East Church to discuss Black Panther Wakanda Forever, the new film in the MCU. As always, our discussion is spoiler filled, so if you don't want it spoiled, do go and watch the film first before listening to our conversation. I want to thank you again for all the support for the podcast and if you want to continue to support us it would really help if you leave us a positive rating or review on Amazon Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you have downloaded this podcast from. It would also be great if you'd be willing to subscribe to the podcast as that helps others see what we're up to as well. But that's enough of my rambling for the moment so please enjoy my discussion with Femi. the most broken people can be great leaders. So I'm delighted to be joined on the podcast today by Femi Onanuga. Femi, how are you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. Happy to be here. No, it's great. Really great to have you on to to chat about Black Panther Wakanda Forever, the new MCU film. I guess before we do that, it'd be great to hear a little bit about your your story within youth work and youth ministry and, and what your, your current role is, if that's okay. Yeah, so I've been in youth work for like about a year now. Um, I, feel, I like to think I probably stumbled on it by accident, but I've also kind of been involved kind of my whole life. Um, uh after uni well dropped out of uni and kind of was finding god found god in my church and was helping out in like media stuff and and um and just kind of help trying to help youth and trying to help with the youth work that was going on because i'm being honest i thought it was kind of mediocre and then (laughs) and then and then um and then lockdown came and i was kind of doing odd jobs here and there and still doing film and photography work and was kind of like what do you want for me to do God and I went into lockdown thinking I was going to come out with a script ended up doing an internship with the London Baptist and on that internship um, that was where I kind of combined the film and photography with youth work so mm-hmm. I was placed at a church that there was a lot of youth so I was just like okay I'll help out with the youth work and because of the mistakes I made as a youth I was kind of like oh I want to help you know youth kind of guide them in a better direction um and because of my story it was kind of relatable to them and that makes sense um so I was doing that um and really 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 enjoyed it and I remember the frustration after the internship was how do I do both um and through the London Baptist Networks um I came across Mill Hill East Church uh, who needed a media guy and I walked into the office and the pastor for the interview and the pastor was like oh we need a media guy but we also need a youth pastor and I was like oh that's perfect. I'm up for it. And um, so yeah, so I got the job about a year and a bit ago. Um, 
and yeah, it was kind of and been doing it since then. So officially, I'm like a youth pastor. You don't really know what that means most of the time. I, sometimes I call myself a youth worker. Sometimes I call myself a youth pastor. Um, but yeah, I'm really enjoying my role. My role is it's kind of just to reach the the youth of the community, also help pastor um, the young people in the church. And our context is kind of interesting because we live close to quite a few estates, and we've been doing work with estate kids but then we also have like church members who live in like you know in more affluent areas so it's, it's interesting to get that mix um and seeing them come together and trying to kind of break the barriers a bit um so yeah it's um yeah but I'm enjoying it and um yeah I don't think I'll be doing anything else which is a bit interesting because yeah I really do enjoy it. I'm currently studying at Spurgeon's as well because I thought like, okay. you know, I want to I want to be equipped in what I'm doing. I don't want to just be doing it. So yeah, I'm enjoying that as well. Um, and getting that balance is hard at times, but it's yeah, God's strength. You know, anything's possible, man. Great stuff. Yeah. So yeah. How, so how how have you found that 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 first year kind of then mm. full time when as as youth pastor. I think it's like <laughs> I was talking to someone yesterday actually because um like there's I was I've been trying to network with like different youth workers in the area and there's one guy I was talking to yesterday and he was like oh youth workers kind of seem to be overwhelmed and at the moment I don't seem overwhelmed and he was like oh it's probably because you just seem like so laid back and like <laughs> you can say no to and I was like mate <laughs> that is not the case like I think it's been like a learning process of like trying to take too much on and then screaming and crying to my youth, to my lead pastor and be like, oh, I've got all this stuff on. And he's kind of like, listen, let's break it down. Let's do this and let's see what you can say no to and what you can say yes to. And I think that's probably the key for me right now is, is focusing on what I need to focus on, but also using the tools around me um, to delegate, um, but also just trying to understand that in this job um you're not going to see the fruit straight away and that is very very hard because we did a sleepover the other day and like the kids were just running around so wild kids crying like and I was just like what is going on am I even getting through to these guys but like yeah it's just kind of relying on God to to really make those seeds that you're sowing fall on fertile soil also just staying faithful because I've seen how my faithfulness and consistency like when we started um the club this this uh term we had like two kids every single week and I was like what is going on and then you know we do the the the, the sleepover and there's like 18 of them and then we start something else and there's only four of them and it's just but I've seen how my consistency no matter the numbers has made it so that there's new people coming the kids feel loved, the kids feel seen. And yeah, it's, it's a hard job. I think it's a thankless job, but I don't think I'll be doing anything else, like literally, hmm. you know, like I broke my arm and first thing the kids do is laugh at me. That's not very nice, is it? <laughs> but, you know, but it's, it's what we do it for. And I, yeah, I don't, like I said, I don't think I'll be doing anything else. But the first year, I don't know if I've answered your question. The first year has been great. It's been great. Yeah, it's been great. Yeah, no, no, that's great. That's great to hear. Um Okay, so we'll get kind of stuck in then and, and, and thinking around Black Panther. So it would be good to hear just a, a little bit of your thoughts of, of how you found it, the first film, mm. and particularly obviously was a was a cultural milestone at yeah, the time. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and so it would be good to just hear some of, some of your 
thoughts uh, from the film, but then the, the general experience around it. Yeah. So when the first film came out, I don't like, okay, context is I'm a DC fan, right? Like I grew up on like okay. Justice League, the cartoons. My first comics books I bought were Justice League. Um, but I'm not like a nerd nerd, but I know a little bit, you know what I mean? Like I know a little mm. bit about a lot. Um, and I've never really been a Marvel guy. Um, and I've just kind of been annoying to see how good Marvel have been doing. But you kind of have that. I'm at this stage now where I'm just like, it is what it is. But, you know, I'm, I'm, if I'm being honest, the best superhero films have been DC this year, but that's a, that's a, no, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> um, but I think when the first Black Panther came out, like you said, it was a cultural milestone. Like It was the first Black superhero that we'd seen on screen. It was the first time we've seen Wakanda in, its, in all its glory. We kind of had glimpses of that from, like, I think it was Civil War. And just seeing Black Panther then was like, wow, who is this guy? I want to see more. And I remember when Black Panther turned, came out, like, you know, there were people turning up to the cinema and like Kente and all of the, you know, the African friends and like people were really mm -hmm. getting into it. And I think for the, for the Black um, culture, not only in America, but also I think for America, especially because, you know, they don't really, I mean, that's a whole other story. But yeah, they, that was, that was big for them and it was big for us as well. And I remember that coming out and being like, wow, like, it was almost like you're seeing yourself on the screen, which isn't which you're not really used to seeing in the West. You're not really used to seeing, you know, your your culture in a West in like a critically acclaimed blockbuster film. You get what I mean? Like that's not normal. Um, and I remember the initial shock of that, but also like the wonder of it, like seeing people like dancing in, in African, you know, dances and the the beats and the, they even like, they even said a couple like, I'm Yoruba, right? So I'm from Nigeria, but we have different tribes in Nigeria. And even that, like the fact that they had different tribes in Uganda, in Wakanda was amazing. And then they said a couple of phrases that like, um, us Yorubas use as well so it was like it was almost like you're seeing yourself and that was like amazing the actual film itself I remember I watched it twice first time I was like this is the best Marvel film that has ever come out ever but I think I was a bit too excited because of the whole cultural <laughs> stuff and I watched it again I was like ah, it was kind of one dimension it was kind of like cool but it wasn't like the best ever Marvel film ever um yeah, but I remember my, my takeaway from that film was Killmonger. And I remember thinking, wow, like, I kind of understand where he's coming from. But his his means of going about what he's doing isn't right. But I get it. And I think that was like, because they always say that Marvel don't have good villains. And I remember seeing that villain and being like, this is a really good villain. Um, yeah, and I, that was kind of like my third film watching Ryan Coogler direct as well. And I was like, yeah, this guy, this guy's a very good director. So my first film, thoughts of the film was like, this is good. I love Wakanda. I love Black Panther. I love Chadwick Boseman as Black Panther. This is amazing. And my thing going into this film, Wakanda Forever was, I want to see more Wakanda. That was my thing. I want to see more of the world. I want to, I want them to show me more. Um, yeah. Great. Excellent. Well, we'll get to hear in, in a few moments kind of what you thought of uh, Wakanda Forever. But it'd be good if, if you're happy to just to give us a little bit of a a, a plot summary. Obviously, contain spoilers. Uh, yeah. Feel free with that. But it'd be good to hear a little bit from your perspective where, where the story goes. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so uh, it starts with T'Challa dying and Juri is trying to recreate the heart-shaped plant um, destroyed by Killmonger. Um, T'Challa dies and she fails to she fails to reenact it. She fails to make it, um, and so T'Challa dies. She fails to make the heart-shaped plant. So T'Challa dies, and we have a funeral, um, which is sad. But again, I love sorry again. I love the funeral because oh yeah, we, maybe we can get into that. But yeah, I, I love I love that funeral scene because it was so to culture um and maybe we can talk about that later but yeah, um yeah so there's there's um there's and again i've wrote this summary but i don't know if i got it right because i just i wrote a bit after so there's a tribunal and a meeting of the nations um of the world and they want to use vibranium um but wakanda won't give it up um and we see a parallel and i love this scene where there was like a parallel between the queen mother talking in the tribunal sort of thing and then we had France trying to infiltrate and take the vibranium from one of the facilities. And I think it was uh, Malawi. Uh, no, it was it Malawi? I don't know. Um, and then they're stopped and then brought into the tribunal. And then I love the part when um, they tell them to kneel in their language. And then you're like, oh, they're French. <laughs> like, oh, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> And then um, we see that there's been a machine created to find vibranium and there's found some on the water. Um, and the scientists looking for it um, are taken out by an unknown threat. And then the ship that um, all the scientists are on are attacked by sea people. And we see guys jumping into the water and I'm like, who are these guys? And then we see a flying man take out the scientists trying to get away. Um, and we're like, oh, who is that? Um, and then we skip to Shuri and her mother um, going to a ritual to try and burn their funeral clothes from a year ago. And we can see that Shuri is visibly broken and mourning and she says she wants the whole world to burn. Um, and then Namor infiltrates Wakanda um, undetected and disturbs this ritual that's going on. And he says to them that they should go and find the person that has made the machine or he will attack Wakanda. So then the Queen's mother sends, um, I'm just going to call her the bold woman because I forgot her name. Um, the bold woman and Shuri, what's her name? Do you know? Okoye. Okoye, yeah, there you go. Thank you. Uh, Okoye and Shuri to get information needed from the agent guy played by Martin Freeman. Again, I don't know his name either. That's, that's the thing. There's so many characters. I don't remember all of their yeah, names. There are a lot of characters, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and he, um, he tells them where... He tells them that everyone, like all the agencies, think that Wakanda has killed the people on the ship. Um, and he tells them where they can find uh, the person who made the machine. Um, and they go to MIT and they find, is it Rudy Williams? It's like that. Rudy Williams? Again, sorry. Riri. Riri Williams, sorry. Um, so, yeah, they go and find her at MIT and they take her. And they, they're trying to take her to Wakanda. But then they're stopped by uh, Namor's people um, and they kidnapped her and Shiri and Okoye kind of like is taken out and um, yeah, she lets them get away. Um, and then she goes back to the, so Okoye goes back to the queen and the queen essentially demotes her and um, fires her because she's very angry because obviously now she's lost her daughter and her son. Um, and uh, the queen goes uh, to T'Challa's to, to ex. Again, I forgot her name. What's her name? Nakia. Nakia, yeah. There's so many people's names. Oh, my gosh. Nakia. So she goes to Nakia because Nakia is like a spy, right? So she's like, oh, can yeah. you go and get Shuri and infiltrate uh, Namor's kind of 
kingdom. And she does that. Meanwhile, Namor's kind of explaining his origin um, and saying that he's been alive for a long time since like the Aztecs were around. Um, and his tribe have a similar, his tribe were dying um, and they found, and they're kind of like shaman found the underwater plant, which is kind of similar to the heart shaped plant, but it's underwater and it's blue. So his mum drank that while she was pregnant with him, which gave him his powers and kind of made him the king and like the, the ruler over his people. But his people drank the plant and made it, and that made it so that he couldn't live on land. They had to go into the water because that's where they could breathe. Um, but Namor can breathe on land mm -hmm. and on water, underwater, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, so that happens. Um, and while that is happening, and he's showing Shuri his um, home, which is Talcan, something like that, um, he tries uh, uh, the... Yeah, while he's while he's while he's showing her the land and stuff, and he says he's a mutant as well, which is pretty cool. So that alludes to the X Men coming, which we've kind of seen in Miss Marvel and stuff like that. So that's really cool. Um, yeah, so she pleads, Shuri pleads with uh, Namor to let um, Ironheart. I'm just gonna call Ironheart go, but he doesn't budge uh, and says that he has a lot to protect, and we've seen he has a lot to protect. He has a whole city to protect. Um, so while that's happening, the Queen's mother um, tries to distract Namor so that. Um, the spy lady can go in and get Shuri and Ironheart. Um, so that happens. Uh, the 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 infiltrator, the spy, takes Shuri and Rui, um, and Namor isn't happy and attacks Wakanda. Okay, so he attacks Wakanda and kills the Queen Mother. So Shuri's lost another one of her family, and he says, uh, "I loved when he did this as well." He was like, "Listen, mourn your mourn your dead." In a week, I'm coming back to kill more of you guys. That was incredible. What a guy. Um, and so Shuri has to mourn again and she prepares for war. But Namor has given her a bracelet made out of the plant that his people took. So she has an idea and uses the plant to try and recreate the heart shaped plant. And it works. And she makes it and takes it in hopes that she'll see her mother, she'll see her brother and kind of be comforted and given some guidance on what she should do. But instead, when she goes into the ancestral plane, she sees Killmonger. And when that happened, I grabbed my brother's arm and I was like, oh, this is who she has to be, this is who she has to be, she has to be Killmonger. And I was like, that was amazing. Um, so uh, yeah. She kind of she kind of goes out of the ancestral plane and thinks that it hasn't worked. She's literally like, what has happened? She hasn't worked, hasn't worked. And then she punches like a mannequin and it flies. And it's obvious that it has worked. Um, and she's felt like her, her family have abandoned her and stuff. And she doesn't tell anyone who she's seen in the ancestral plane. But she becomes the new Black Panther. Um, and Rui makes a new suit. Um, and they go out to war and they have a plan to trap Namor and lure the blue people away from Wakanda so they don't, you know, there's not uh, unnecessary casualties. So they fight in the middle of the ocean. They've got this really cool, like, big ship, um, and they're fighting, um, and they end up trapping Namor, and then they crash on, like, an island, and him and Shuri uh, fight, and she wins, and she's about to kill him, but then she almost gets like, oh, and that was, again, that's another thing I wanted to talk about, the parallels that they had, like, they've got, they've got, she's going through her mind and she realises that she can't kill him and she has a vision of her mother um, and she tells him uh, to yield um, and that if 
that Wakanda will protect uh, Talkan. Um, so he yields and they retreat. And then Shuri goes to uh, the spy woman's home and sees that she has a nephew. Um, and then uh, I think Namor's daughter, maybe, um, questions why he yielded. And he says it wasn't all bad that, you know, in the future, Wakanda will need his people. Um, so, yeah, so we finished the film with Shuri finally having family. Um, uh, you know, there's a little ch- uh, T'Challa, literally his name's T'Challa. Um, and she has family again. And yeah, that is the end of Wakanda Forever. I hope I did a good job. It was kind of patchy, but yeah. Yeah, no, that's great. That was an unenviable task, I think, of of, of trying to sum up that film. Because as you say, there's a lot of characters, there's a lot of things that, that happen. It's a uh, yeah, two yeah. hours, 40 minutes. It's yeah. a, an, an epic uh, film in, 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 in terms of, of what it's trying to do and, and its length. So mm. with all of that in mind, what did you think of the film, Femi? Mm. I think it was really good. I think it was like I think it had its, it had some amazing performances. Angela Bassett as the Queen Mother was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Shuri, uh, Letitia Wright as Shuri, I, I doubted whether she could carry the film, but she did a great job. She did a really good job. Um, I think the story was good. Direction was great. Um, I was talking to some friends and I was like, listen, man, Ryan Coogler is a serious director. Like the way he can bring humanity to superheroes and just play with those hum- like themes is amazing. I think that was great. But on the whole, like it was, I'll give it like a seven out of 10. Like it was, it was good, but it wasn't amazing. I didn't see enough as Wakanda as I would like to. Um, they were kind of dipping in and out. I thought this, it was Wakanda forever, right? So I thought, we're focusing on Wakanda. We're going to get a film based in Wakanda. Mm. And that wasn't the case. I think Namor as uh, anti-hero was great. Again, it was that thing of like, I see where he's coming from. He does have a lot to protect. Um, and I think that was great. I think the final act was kind of where it lost me. Because again, it was like, I was telling my friend, like, why, why didn't she just say they would protect them in the start? And like, it felt like, you know, why did we have to go through all of this just for you guys to be like, okay, we'll come to an agreement. It felt like it was unnecessary. And I feel like that's been a common theme in the last in the Marvel films this year, where it's kind of like we get to the final act and the resolution to end it is mediocre. Like I remember watching um, Multiverse of Madness, Madness of Multiverse, whatever it was called. And after a couple of weeks, I was like, why? How did it end again? Why did Wanda stop being bad? And I was like, oh, because I don't even remember. You know what I mean? So even like for Love and Fun, I was like, it was just, it just feels like they're making villains to make villains. You know, and I don't even know what the villain for this film was. Like, you can't really say it was Namor. So who was the villain? You know? So yeah, I think it was, it was good at times, but on a whole, it was, it was, it was all right. It was all right. It was, it was all right. It wasn't as good as I would have liked to. I would have liked to see more Wakanda. Shuri, the performances were great. But, yeah, it's just another Marvel film that will probably be forgotten. Like, oh, this was here. It'll be forgotten, but it was also, like, an ode to Chadwick Boseman. Um, mm. You know, so that was that was good as well. Like, I don't know. It was, it was all right. I don't know. What did you think? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I liked it. I didn't, yeah, I didn't love it. I, I felt it was too long. Like, mm. I, I didn't. I think two hours for it. There was 
a good hour and a half in, I was like, wow, we've still got another hour yeah. to go here. I, th- I think it was a, a really difficult task for Ryan Coogler to, yeah. to, to deal, obviously, with, with the legacy of Chadwick Boseman and everything that the, the film set up, and then also try to move forward. So it, it, it felt like two films. It felt like a, a film about Wakanda trying to, to deal with the death mm. Of, of their Black Panther and everything that mm. meant, but then also trying to deal with the story of Namor yeah. and, and, and his people and also bring in Iron Heart, as you say, which is obviously going to spin off to the to the series. So it felt like it was trying to do too much. Mm. I, I, but yeah, I did still really enjoy it. I, I do want to go and see it again if you yeah, can before it leaves the cinema, just now that I've I've seen how it plays out. Uh, yeah, I think the, the characters are great. I think some of the themes particularly are, are really interesting obviously grief is a is a massive bit of how yeah. how people deal with grief yeah. but yeah i did i did enjoy it but i i did feel it was a bit too long yeah um, I, I i did like that they brought in namor and another character that you can empathize with because yeah. i think yeah. killmonger Kill, killmonger and loki for me are, are been the two great yeah. villains of the mcu and, and i think namor is great as well because you completely understand it, where he's coming from, but yeah, I, d- I don't think it reached the heights of Black Panther for me. But I think I think it was a worthy sequel. But I think it was obviously trying to to do do too much, mm. and which is, is understandable with with what they were left with after the, the passing of uh, Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. Okay, so you, you alluded to, obviously to to the the funeral aspect, and mm. and I guess that would be good to to talk about that and just the the general cultural stuff that you get to see, obviously within mm. Wakanda. It'd be good to hear uh, your perspective of that, and I guess the the representation that you talked about as well that yeah. you get to see some of the, of those things. So, I wonder if you could speak into to to a little bit of that, Femi. Yeah, um, it's interesting because uh, uh, last last year. I went to my grandpa passed away, unfortunately, and I went to Nigeria for his funeral. And it was kind of the first funeral I've ever been to. Um, and it was like, it was, and um, obviously I, I knew my grandpa, but he lived in Nigeria. So I, ha- I had like certain memories of him um, and I always wanted to see him. And I kind of knew it was like a thing in our family where we knew he was coming to his end. And I remember I was meant to go um, during COVID before COVID, but obviously COVID hit and then it was my uncle's wedding during COVID and we were meant to go and we weren't able to go and it was like, oh, okay, cool. We'll maybe try and go another time. And um, I remember going there and um, and yeah, it was just, it was there were so many similarities because it, it was weird to me that we were dancing. Like we, we, we like in, in Nigeria culture, we, we do something called spraying money where we kind of like, I got married in the summer. So my friend, I told my friends to bring dollars because when we dance, we give, we put money on the person dancing who's celebrating. So um, when, when they were bringing my grandpa's uh, casket or coffin to his uh, compound where he lives, we, we literally danced down his road. Um, and there were people, you know, that joined us that were part of the family that weren't necessarily like immediate family, but knew him. And we would spray money on top of his casket. And it was, it was like, it was a, it was, a, it was like a celebration of his life. Right. And I remember them doing that in Black Panther and feeling like, oh, like, I, I, I recognize that. I recognize the, 
the celebration of life because it feels like sometimes you go you see funerals and it's very sad and it's very you know it's very like there's, there's no there's no there's no expression but I think in African culture we're very much about celebrating the life of the person through dancing through I know like in Ghanaian culture they literally have like a party literally and that's that's kind of that's that 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 felt familiar even the way they were wearing white instead of black like I remember we had we had white when we when when we were burying my grandpa like the when and then yeah we we had we wore white as well um so yeah it was that was that was quite familiar the, the funeral scene um and I felt like it was right if that makes sense because Chadwick Boseman lived a great life and and he and he did some great things for um black people and and some of the stories that he told were amazing like so yeah um and just Wakanda in general again I wish I could have seen we we saw more of it but I think like the the tribal aspect of it so there's different parts of Wakanda you know you've got the stone guys that the snow guys that are kind of overlooked by Mbaku and I love that guy by the way and you've got like you've got the kind of chair of elders and they all look different and they've all got different types of characteristics that show that they are different you've got the guy with the plate in his mouth and the woman with the kind of clay hair thing and I think that's very much African culture most most African countries have tribes within them because Nigeria before we were I guess you can say and I don't I don't like the fact that we say colonized in Wakanda but whatever with the fact that we were colonized we were different tribes that were brought together to form one country so I'm Yoruba in Nigeria we have Ibo we have Awusa we have rivers we have all of these different um, tribes and dialects so I enjoyed that aspect of um, Wakanda as well but I think just for me um, it's amazing to see because for me like when I see Wakanda I see it's almost like I see what could have been Africa, if that makes sense. What could have been if we hadn't taken, if our resources hadn't been taken and all of these different things. And it's not to say I have a chip on my shoulder, because obviously I live in the West, but like I'm very much, I very much see it like that sometimes, like what is almost like a glimpse into what could have been. Um, so yeah, I, I love, I love, I love, um, I love the way that, you know, the Queen Mother stands up to the nations and it's like, we're not backing down. Like, well, you guys... I know what you want, but we're not giving it to you, and there's nothing they can do about it. I love that. Um, yeah, so yeah, I think I think culturally wise, it's amazing. But again, I want to see more. I want to see more. I, I want to see more of. I want to see more of Wakanda. I want to see more of what it's about. I want to see more of the day to day. And I think we saw a little bit of that, but I'm I'm upset that we only kind of saw a little bit of that when they were being attacked and everyone was running all over the place. I feel like that's when we saw. Mm a bit more of Wakanda so I think if they're going to do another Black Panther film I'd want it to be solely based in Wakanda a Wakanda problem that's what I would want to see I don't know how you know viable that is but yeah mm. um yeah I hope that answers your question yeah no no that's 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 really good uh yeah and I'll be interested obviously talk about uh, M'Baku who, who who looks that could become the king of yeah Wakanda to, yeah, yeah, yeah kind of I love that scene where they're obviously expecting uh, Shuri as the Black Panther to to turn up yeah. uh, at, at the ceremony, and then he steps out, and it's like he wants to mm. ultimately put his stake down as yeah. as as to become king. So that would be a really interesting story to then uh, take for the next one to to focus around that. 
mm. uh, would definitely be. But yeah, I did. I found the the, the funeral scenes uh, really profound. That that mix of seeing Shuri in tears, kind yeah. of walking down the and then the, the dancing around it, and mm. yeah, I think. I guess when it comes to to Christian funerals, we 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 should expect to see more of of that kind of thing of of that that celebration of life, yeah. and I think that's that's a a huge thing that we can uh, learn from 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 those cultures. Mm. Uh, definitely, you you spoke as well of obviously the, the the Queen speaking ultimately truth to power in in that meeting, which I thought was was wonderful about how they were getting mad and and they were scared of Wakanda holding on to vibranium but her ultimately saying my fear is you getting yeah. a hold of vibranium because you, your past has shown exactly what you will do exactly yeah. uh, with this and and i, I thought uh, just a, another great message of, of speaking truth to the west and and and, and the, the power that they have and, and what they have done mm. uh, without i guess banging you over the head with it but but it's it's making a a, a really clear clear point mm. to that What you whisper, they lost the protector. Now is our time to strike. I, I guess as you talked about in the plot, one of the other the, the key thing is obviously uh, Shuri's journey and her 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 journey of grief, and 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 so I guess it'd be good to. To kind of go through to go yeah. through that process, particularly then when we when we think of young people and, and young people who who have, who have lost people and who experience that grieving, how we can can support mm. them. And I found really profound at the start of the film starts with with Shuri praying, mm. and 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 praying to Bast, who's the the god of Wakanda, that that the panther goddess that's there, and and it's obviously she she's praying that Tatala will be healed. Mm. And 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 that doesn't happen. Yeah. And unanswered prayer is obviously a a huge thing with within within any any faith. Yeah. And obviously within the Christian faith of what what happens when God doesn't answer a prayer in the way that we would mm. would would want to. And, and I guess I wonder how how you felt with with the film kicking off with that with an unanswered prayer and what your kind of mm. thoughts were on that. Mm. It's funny because I feel like throughout the film, she just grew, not bitter, but like she she kind of, that unanswered prayer and that feeling, like she said when she was burning the clothes, like she wants the whole world to burn. And I feel like that's that's a rea- that can be a reaction sometimes when we get an unanswered prayer or when some, God doesn't give us something that we want. Um, but I feel like, and this might seem harsh, but I feel like that that comes from a, not fully understanding who God is, if that makes sense. Mm. I don't know if that makes sense because um, I feel like sometimes we feel like God owes us something, which he doesn't. I also feel like God has never told us that he's always going to give us what we want, but he's going to give us what we need. Right. And I think, and he always tells us uh, his ways are higher than his, and uh, his, his ways are higher than our ways. So God knows best. And as much as we don't understand that sometimes, when we don't get what we want, it can feel hard and, and it's a tough pill to swallow. Um, and God doesn't say that, you know, life is going to be rosy when we become when we become Christians. 
But I think the 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 film start with an unanswered prayer. I don't I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like it had to be that, if that makes sense. It's kind of that thing of it had to be that. Like it couldn't her prayer couldn't be answered. It's, it wasn't gonna be no. answered. You know what I mean? But I think it's how you deal with that and how she dealt with that. And I don't think she dealt with that in the right way. But I think for us as you know, youth workers, I think we have to frame God in the in in his true character, if that makes sense, in his in who in who he really is and and try and help young people to understand that Christianity doesn't mean that life is going to be easy, but it means that we have someone who we can trust and that we have someone in God who knows what's best for us. Because I'll give you an example. I told you about my story of wanting to be a filmmaker. I basically wanted to be a filmmaker, right? And I I wanted to have a job in the BBC and an apprenticeship. That's what my prayer was for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I remember I remember getting this job and after years and years of applying, I never I never actually got to the next stage until I got this job. And I remember there was a piece about not going to the next stage because I was like, I don't think that's what God wants me because this is what God wants me. This is the path that God wants me. And on this path, I found I found things that I wouldn't have been able to have on the other path, if that makes sense. It's a path I wanted for myself. So I wouldn't have been able to get married as soon as I have would have been able to be living by myself as soon as I am and I think that is that for me that was a big lesson because it's like okay I want things for myself but God knows what's best for me and as long as I continue to to trust him and submit my life to him um he can help me and 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 he can guide me and I think that's I think that's part of it it's kind of allowing young people to submit to God's will and I think that's a big thing it, it, that's not easy at all like us us as like youth workers us as adults we find that hard so even communicating that to young people is hard but I think that that yeah that's that's what I think um about the unanswered prayer yeah no no that that's a great point and, and I guess what it, it obviously leads her to reject tradition yeah and, exactly, and the yeah. rituals of, yeah. of so we st- we start with her being someone who who has a faith yeah. and, and who believes in the traditions and and because of that unanswered prayer rejects it all rejects the the idea of of mm. of of the god of wakanda of having to do things a, a certain way because that's how they've always done them these the, the spiritual rituals the cultural rituals yeah. and 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 i guess the film is her then re- she she focuses then solely on on science and mm. that's where where she puts all of her energy into and and rejects everything else, which is obviously what 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 can happen to many people when they, they yeah. feel that God hasn't come through. There is that honest rejection of the the things that they have done, and so I thought that was that that was quite an an, an interesting and an honest path for someone with maybe a belief in God that, mm. that it those can, when those things happen, it can be rocked, and we might then think, well, I don't want to do that. I want to reject everything that's come before because it hasn't yeah. worked yeah uh, and and so, and i'm not there wasn't really an answer to that because i'm not sure where shuri lands at the end of the film really well, she, she obviously yeah. goes to she she burns her clothes so she, i guess she kind of she kind of sees the the thing in in ritual because she burns her clothes mm. and then after True, she burns yeah. her clothes you know she gets she receives it's almost like okay, I don't want to I don't want to hyper spiritualize Black Panther, but I feel like no, no, it's almost it's almost like she receives her brother back in her in in her nephew because she burns her clothes, her nephew comes, and my brother said, um, 
now she has family again. He was like, oh, now she has family again. Because her mum's died, her brother's died. It's only her, right? But then, you know, she sees that, oh, there's someone else who has a little bit of, of my family in him in, in this new T'Challa, in this new young T'Challa, the young boy. And it's like, oh, and you see her smile on her face and that's where it ends with like, oh, like, I have family again. And I think that's what that's what that was trying to, to mm. show in some sort of way that she has, she's received back a little bit of, and I think that's, I think that's, when, when, I, when I lost my grandpa, I think that was, when I did my like, you know, the, 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 the speech or I just think it was like, I see my mother in my grandpa. I see, I see, I see certain aspects and characteristics of him in her um, and like her childhood playfulness. My grandpa's very playful. That's how my mum is. It's almost like, oh, I see, I see a little bit of that in him. And even the little boy, like he just, he was just smiling and, you know, Chadwick Boseman always smiled all the time. You know what I mean? So it was like, mm. oh, you know, maybe there's a little bit of that, but yeah, I think that was that was interesting. Yeah, no, no, I had I'd, I'd forgotten about that that specific yeah uh, tradition and ritual at the end that, that yeah. she does then. Yeah, because halfway through the film, she, she yeah she doesn't go through with it, doesn't yeah. want to do it. Yeah, uh, but then at the end of the film, does and so that yeah there is that acceptance of 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 the, that ritual and and the need to do that, I guess, to be able to to let go. And, and and to be able to to move on that, I guess if you're thinking of the of the, the the path of grief, that acceptance of it, and 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 that ability to be able to move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so no, no. So that's a a really good point. You obviously mentioned that something you were excited about was was Killmonger mm. coming back, and and I guess Shuri meeting him in in the ancestral plane, which I thought was was really interesting because she obviously would have expected to have met T'Challa. Yeah. At, at at that point, and so she met someone who is who is very different, and I guess worked. He was where ultimately she was heading that 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 idea of of vengeance and yeah. and wanting retribution and 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 wanting violence, and and she 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 begins to go down that path as you as you kind of explained in in, in the plot, but then got to a point where she realised that actually she couldn't be killmonger completely she couldn't be to t'challa completely because yeah. for for her he was too noble like mm. he, he he didn't go to where he needed to and, and and so she took violence to where it actually needed to go to to the point where he would actually yield and kneel before her and 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 so in some ways it was if she took i guess the best of of killmonger mm-hmm. uh, and, and that violence is sometimes necessary yeah, uh, she she took the best of T'Challa, and mm. and then herself, and kind of brought all of those together to yeah. be ultimately the the best Black Panther that she could be. Mm. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. I, I loved, I loved it. It was almost like she was looking in the mirror of who she was right now. Like she had so much anger and so much hurt that she didn't think she thought she, like yeah she saw Killmonger. And he was like, yeah, you're me right now. Like, you're, you, like, because remember, Killmonger said the same thing. He said he wants to burn it all. He literally did burn, mm. you know, he burnt the, the, you know, he burnt the the heart-shaped plant. Like, he was, that's, that was who she was. She, and I remember, like I said to my brother, I was like, oh, this is who she has to be. Like, I felt like, I felt like she had to be a bit ruthless uh, in, in, mm. this, in position she was in. She couldn't do the T'Challa thing of being noble and, you know, being passive. I feel like she had to she had to go on the attack because 
because Namor's thing was attack, attack, attack. And she was defending, right? She was defending the whole time. So she had to go on the attack to kind of catch them off guard and get them. You know what I mean? Because if not, you know, they would have come to Wakanda and pe- more people would have died. So she had to she had to go on the attack. Um, and I feel like, yeah, she had to, yeah, she had to take the best of both um, and make it her own. I feel like the whole film was kind of her figuring out who she was, who, 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 because obviously, you know, her brother was her brother, her mum was her mum, and they've all kind of had an idea of who she was. Um, you know, she was just a tech person, right, in Black Panther, mm-hmm. the first one. That's who she was. But now she had to be a fighter, and you saw that she could fight, but it was like when she when she took it on, she took on the mantle, she did it her own way. You know, she helped Rui make a, make a, make a suit. She, she kind of changed tradition a little bit by giving those two um women the the two um the two suits um so that she was kind of making her own way and like yeah even the way they captured Namor was her using her creativity and science um mm. alongside you know the army sort of thing so yeah it was it was really it was really interesting um but to see Killmonger again it was like man I, I really hope I really wish this guy wasn't dead because he's so good like Michael B. Jordan's Kumala is so good. Even that that scene, like alone, that little it was it was so good. Like the dialogue between both of them and and her questioning it and being angry and him being like, listen, man, it is what it is. This is you right now. And I think sometimes it kind of it kind of brings me to sometimes you look sometimes you don't see who you've become because of grief sometimes as well. Like you don't see, you don't see the hurt that you have until you look in a mirror until you until you look and you and you're and maybe you lash out or you're angry and all of this stuff and you don't understand what is actually going on inside of you and I think that was that was very interesting as well mm. yes so, so so as you said it's it's in some way a, a film about identity and, and about Sherry finding yeah who she is finding what her calling is mm. as well which is obviously something is as youth workers, that that's something we want to support and journey with with yeah. young people on. Is they through adolescence, as they wrestle with who they are, yeah, and 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 what their purpose is, yeah, and and I guess the importance of of youth workers that that we we play into that because she didn't have a lot of other people around her to to support her, mm. and that especially when her her mum then died, mm. um, she didn't have those because she's obviously still young herself, yeah. And so didn't have the, the, those people to support her, and and the the importance and the challenge for us as youth workers then is to be those people that 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 can support young people as they wrestle with what it means to be them and 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 purpose and and all those kinds of things. Mm. I guess the the other thing I wanted to pick up on is is Riri, um, as as who will become Eye on the Heart, and I know that the, the series has been announced already that that will be be coming yeah. at some point on. On Disney Plus, and particularly as the other young person, obviously a, a, a student, so in her early twenties, so a young adult. But what, but what I love to see there was the, the passion of the of the younger generation yeah. being shown, uh, and and kind of what what sometimes we we can forget, and as adults we can forget about young people, mm. is that they are still young. And they are still learning, and and so for Riri, her mistake that she made in making this device for Namor meant that she should be killed yeah. for it. And and the important and and I've talked about this before in a previous podcast with 
when it when it came to Doctor Strange mm. and him always being very down on young people, particularly Spider Man, mm. um, and kind of going, "Oh, but you should you should know what you're doing," and and forgetting that they're a young person and and forgetting yeah. that we have to give space for 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 young people to mm. to to fail ultimately mm. um, as youth workers. We need to give young people that space. And I, and I just wondered if you had any any thoughts on. On, on that and I guess then supporting those those young people to give spaces where they they are allowed to fail and remember that they are young people yeah I think failure is important man I think for me I went through a lot of years of not wanting to try because I because I was scared of failing and I think failure failure um teaches you a lot and I think being able to support young people through their failure is is a privilege that we do have but also even giving them opportunities to fail. That that might sound weird, but giving them opportunities to fail because if they fail around us, they're going to receive love, right? They're going to receive they're going to receive encouragement. If they fail in other places, they might not get that same opportunity or that same that same cushion. And I think it is important to provide them opportunities to fail, just so that they can even understand that failure isn't a bad thing. Because I think that's something that I've had to kind of struggle with. That like failure isn't always bad. Even in my job right now, like failing isn't isn't the worst thing. Like failure, failure can be direct redirection. Failure can teach us lessons. And I think in 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 Riri's case as well, which is interesting. I, I don't know if this matters, but she her her machine wasn't made to do what what it was made to do. That makes sense. Like she just made it because it was a science project. And then the adults are the ones that kind of took it and made it bad, right? and tried to use it to their own um devices and i think i think yeah i think offering offering and, and the thing with that is instead of the government to be like oh this woman this girl just made this amazing thing let's bring her aboard and you know nurture that gift they're like oh no we're gonna take her thing and we're gonna leave her in lurch to be killed by wakandans and not protect her and i think as as um as youth workers, it is our job to nurture those gifts that we see in young people, right? And nurture and nurture the the good things that God is doing in their lives and bring out more as well. And when I say nurture, I don't mean like try and shape them into who we think they should be, but fully allow them to become the people that God has called them to be. So yeah, I think that yeah, that's a really interesting point that you raised. Yeah. Yeah, no, and that, that reminded me of when you were saying about just using that they were just the government using Riri just for their for their own gain ultimately yeah uh, for their own means and it's I, it it brought to mind that the bugbear that I I have with some churches where we if they have a a children's group on a Sunday morning that that is along at the same time as as the adults so the young the children or young people go out yeah and then they come back at the end of the service to present what what they've they've done whether they've drawn a picture or they've discussed this and for me that, that always feels patronizing mm. and it's just there to, in some ways to make the adults feel better oh look we've got some children and, and yeah. look, they're up on the stage and and mm. we can humor them um and, and it's it's not really about them it's mm. about how it makes us feel mm. and and actually we're not we're not seeing children young people as people in themselves yeah. it's simply to make us feel better and, yeah. and so when you were sharing that that particular uh, viewpoint that that's kind of what that's where my mind ultimately went and the danger that we 
of, of that's how we treat young people as and children yeah. is these trophies in the church that we wheel out to make mm. ourselves feel better. But yeah. actually, we don't really want to change anything about how we do a church service but we still just want them to be there in the background yeah. so that we feel better. I'm not going to lie, Stephen, that is dangerous because who is the future? And I don't think churches understand this enough. Like who, in in 30 years, who who is going to be the majority of the church? Like, and I don't think, and I don't think enough, and this is a whole different thing we're going to get into, because I have the same thing. I feel like we don't invest in young people enough and we don't give them enough of a voice or make or make our, our programs accessible enough for young people, for young adults, for people to, for these young people to really join in and really have ownership of what is going on in the church and really have a voice um, to, to, to share what is going on. Because it would be honest, most times they know what's happening in the world more than we do, because they, they, they just have the tools and the things like that to, to know what's going on. And we don't, we don't have a clue that like I was, I had a youth cafe yesterday and I was looking at the homework of one of the kids and he was looking at, what was it, CD, uh, CAD, uh, computer assisted design and computer assisted management. And I was like, what the heck is this guy talking about? But he was like taking me through it. I was like, wow, like this is actually the future and he's learning about it and he's teaching me. And that is what it should be, right? It should be them teaching us, a, you know, reverse mentoring almost. Like that should be happening way more than it is. but. Anyway, that's all another thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's true. Thank you. Uh, so, so those are all the things that I wanted to particularly talk about, yeah. uh, Femi, from from the film. Is there anything else that that you wanted to to raise? or don't feel that we've given an, enough time to. Uh, I think I think the thing that pops to mind is a parallel between Namor between the two worlds of um. I, I I'm probably saying it wrong, but Talkin and Wakanda, just the parallels and the way they're so similar and the way Namor and Shuri kind of both had the same sort of grief in a certain way, like Namor's mom dying, him going onto the land and seeing his people literally being killed by, you know, colonizers and the Spanish and and Shuri and having her family torn apart by the West, her dad being killed by Winter Soldier, her mum dying, um, what kind like the 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 parallels and and I, again I love the scene where she's telling him to she's about to kill him, and both of their lives run through simultaneously and you just see just how they've kind of lived almost the same life and seeing and almost seeing how similar they are and I think that's what I love about film in general I love the way that it gives us a perspective of someone that we haven't seen before. And how we can almost have a, have a, yeah, like a, like a view into their life, and almost take from that and relate to it. Because he, as human beings, sometimes we feel like we're so different, but there's so many different themes in our life that are the same: family, love, friendship. There's so many things in our lives that are the same, and I think yeah, that was interesting to see that connection that way, and almost the way both of their mothers saved them because. There was the scene where they both saw their mothers and that's when it almost clicked for both of them. Like, oh, we're both, like, yeah. When Shuri saw her mother and when Namor saw his mother, it was like, oh, you know, I still have, I still have love. I've been loved. You know what I mean? It was, it was, that was interesting, I think. What do you think? Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, no, no, I I completely agree. Because 
the kind of the famous American film critic Roger Ebert, who, mm. who died a number of years ago, um, mm. kind of one of his famous quotes is that films are a machine for creating empathy. Yeah, and 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 I think that that's true. But being able to look at different cultures, being able to understand where where people are are coming from, mm. uh, is is a huge power of film. Yeah, and I and I hadn't really even picked up on that 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 similarity, and because that, that that confused me actually when it when it was showing that the two lives. And going back through the film, I was like, "What, what are we doing here?" But yeah. yeah, it completely makes sense what 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 you're saying that they were showing actually how how their the two lives mirrored. Mm. They were both oppressed. Mm. Yeah, groups. exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And 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 where that oppression can lead, if yeah. if there isn't love, yeah, yeah, within there, and 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 Shuri could have yeah. killed Namor. Yeah. Um, but but coming to that realization that wasn't that wasn't the path that that, that was right to go on. Yeah. Um, so I th- so yeah, no, I think that's a really Im- important point, for, yeah. Femi. So thanks for yeah. for for raising that. And 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 again, to discuss with young people, kind of how do we respond to certain things that yeah. that because ha- there's many times in our lives where we can justifiably think, well, I should uh, react with violence. I should seek retribution. And there are times for that, and there's times not, and and I think that's a great discussion to be able to have with yeah. with young people to show to show Shuri and to show Namor and 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 the paths that they go on yeah. and kind of how how they would respond yeah. if they were in their shoes. Yeah, I think also the idea of like processing, like actually unpacking your emotions and having a place to be able to think through what is going on. Because in your in your heart, in your in your mind, in your in your emotions. Because I feel like Shuri never really had that. And I think when she was burning, when she was burning the clothes at the end, that's the first time. Like I don't know. Well, not the first time, but like she finally laughed. It was like she laughed mm-hmm. after after she let go, and she was able to just like see the humor in life, see life, see life a little bit lighter. Because I felt like the whole film, everything was just like so. She was so bored up. But when she finally let go and opened up, and it's similar for me, when when, I, when my grandpa first passed away, I was trying to be strong for my mum, for my brother, for my sister, and I wasn't fully letting myself process it. And it was only when I sat in a room with my lead pastor and just like, yeah, just spoke to him about how I actually felt. I broke down crying and I was like, man, I didn't even know I had all of these emotions. And I remember... There was a young person, and for us as youth workers, it's hard because, like, there's a whole thing of not really being able to to hug or to do those sort of things, and and I think hugging is a big thing in terms of letting go. But just being there to hear, to be a listening ear. Um, mm-hmm. I remember there was a young person who lost a, a family member a while ago, and just my presence was enough for him. If that makes sense, like, and he's and he's not really an emotional person, but he came and just stood next to me and cried. And I, I didn't have to say anything. I just had to be there and be present and be able mm. to allow him to process and allow him to let him and, and even validate his emotions. Because sometimes you can feel like emotions aren't valid. Like I shouldn't be, especially as a man as well, like, oh, I shouldn't cry. I shouldn't, I shouldn't feel this way. But being able to validate his emotions and being like, it's all right to, it's all right to cry. It's all right to feel sad. Mm. That is part of that. That's all right. You know? So, yeah. Yeah, no, no, that's that's yeah, mm. such an important thing, especially when we think of of men particularly. Yeah. But 
uh, yeah, validating those experiences and, and allowing and giving space uh, for people to be able to share exactly where they are and, and to be able to process those emotions. That's really important, uh, mm. definitely. Sorry, one last well, one. Well, sorry, sorry. Yeah, one, yeah, last one, one, sorry, one last yeah. one. Forgiveness as well. How can we not talk about forgiveness as Christian? I think Shuri forgiving Namor for what he did as well. And that was probably that was probably the biggest thing that allowed her to to let go, forgiving and being like, you know what, you've killed my mum, my brother's passed away, but I'm gonna let I'm gonna let go of this. I'm gonna forgive. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm not gonna forget because you know, yeah, Wakanda will take care of you, but we ain't gonna be buddy. But I forgive you, and I think that was that's a big that's a and I think forgiveness. Forgiveness does a lot for people, man. It does. It does a lot for us as well. Letting go and not, and not just yeah, letting that that hurt erode us on the inside, but really letting go. But yeah, yeah. I'm I'm gonna stop talking now, Stephen. But yeah, thank you. <laughs> no, no, no. That's fine. And yeah, I I I guess forgiveness is a great note to 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 end on. Absolutely, it's a, yeah. a huge part. Obviously, a a defining part of the Christian faith and 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 how we see God, mm. a God of a. A forgiving God and what God is willing to do uh, to to bring about uh, forgiveness and, and and bring people back together. Mm. Uh, so that, so I think that's a a, re- a really great note so, to end on. So uh, Femi, thank you so much for for your time for your uh, conversation uh, over this last hour or so. And I know there's been a number of things that have been shared that I hope will be really helpful to 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 youth workers. Uh, listening so so I, I pray all the best for as you continue in in, in your role at, at Mill Hill East Church and and that your broken arm doesn't stop you too much from from, from being able to support as well uh, so. thank you I was being a kid at table tennis yesterday so it's not it's not holding me down yet <laughs> but yeah thank you for having me Stephen very good thank you very much yeah.